So we're, we're in this part of the, the Sermon on the Mount in today's Gospel. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' very long teaching in Matthew's Gospel. It spans three chapters. And we're, we're in that place where Jesus takes a commandment from the Old Testament and adds his own intensity to it, or he takes a, a way of thinking that's common and traditional for the people, and he, and he turns it on its head. So last week we heard the first four of these uh, commandments or, or traditions that Jesus adds to or, or corrects, and today we get the last two. Uh, I, I'd like to focus, actually, on, on the first one, uh, because I think it's really confusing. But, but I, I, I want to say a word about the second one, too. So I'm going to start with the second one and then focus on the first one. All of these are very challenging. Jesus says in that second example, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's very difficult for us to to love those who have hurt us. Uh, it's important for us to remember what, what love actually is, and which is different from the way that we often think about love, because often we think about love in terms of our feelings. So we might think, well, it's, it's impossible for me to love this person uh, that I, I, who's hurt me, or it's impossible for me to love this person because I'm so angry with them. But, but love isn't a feeling. This is what Thomas Aquinas taught uh, very clearly. He said, not that love is a feeling, but he said, love is a choice. Love is, love is our willing the good of the other. So it's, it's the choice that we make for the good of this other person. No matter how we feel about them, it's choosing what's good for them and desiring what's good for them. So this is how it's possible for, for a married couple to love each other. Because if you're married, you know that your feelings for your spouse, they, they, they can span a whole range of emotions. But that's okay because to love your spouse is to, is to choose the good for them. It's to treat them with goodness and kindness. Uh, even when you're angry with them or ups- upset with them, to desire the good for them, even when you have natural human emotions. That's... So love, it's not a feeling. It's, a, it's the choice that we make for the good of the other person. This is how it's possible for, for parents to love their children because sometimes your children drive you crazy, but that doesn't mean you, you stop loving them. It means that you, you do what's good for them. That's, that's why we have sayings like, like tough love when, when you have to discipline your children, for instance, or have a difficult conversation with, with your spouse. Uh, you're doing what is, is good for them, trying to do the, seek the best for them, even when it hurts or it's uncomfortable. So that's the second one, the last one, or the last one that Jesus says in this, this series of six. Love, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Really challenging to do that. 
Uh, this, this first one that our gospel starts out with today, I think, is especially confusing and easy to misunderstand. Jesus says, You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. So Jesus starts out, first of all, by, with this very traditional way of thinking. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's justice and fairness. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, if, if someone does something bad to someone, then they deserve to have that bad done back to them. Uh, this is part of the logic that we can use to justify the, the death penalty, for instance. If you take someone's life, then you deserve to have your own life taken. But, but Jesus is setting this up as the old way of thinking that he wants to turn on its head. He wants to correct it. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who's evil. So that, that is a big shift in thinking that Jesus is inviting us to. What does he mean by it? So what does Jesus mean? What does he not mean? Well, I think um, we have to ask the question, okay, does this, does this mean then that if I'm, offering, if I'm offering no resistance to one who's evil, does this mean that I don't have the right to defend myself if I'm in danger? Or if my children are in danger, do I not, do I not have the right to defend them from someone who would seek to do evil against them? Or does this mean that if I'm, if I'm suffering abuse of some sort, that I, it, that I have to tolerate that abuse? Is that, is that what Jesus is saying here? It's a fair question because it kind of sounds like it. Offer no resistance to one who's evil. So to figure out what Jesus is saying here, he actually gives us some concrete examples. And, and I think this, these examples clarify what Jesus is saying. So he gives, he gives these three examples. They're pretty interesting. He says, when someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one as well. Well, if we think about this, so if, if, I'm, if I who is right-handed strike somebody on the right cheek, that's not this, it's this. And there's, there's a difference there. Because when I'm doing a backhanded slap, there's, I'm, I'm not doing physical harm there so much as I'm insulting that person. That's what a backhanded slap is. It's why we use the comment, or we, why we'll say it's a backhanded comment. It, it comes from this backhanded slap that's, that's not meant to physically harm the person. We would do something different to them other than a backhanded slap if we wanted to harm them. What are we doing? We're insulting them. It's an insult in the ancient world. So Jesus is not saying here that, that when someone threatens physical violence to just take it, he's saying here when someone insults you, offer them no resistance. In other words, don't insult them back and, and let them insult you again. That's what Jesus is saying here. Second example, if anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, 
hand over your cloak as well. So he's, we're talking about litigation here and what's rightfully mine. And if someone tries to take what's mine, well, we're not talking about if someone tries to deprive you of your property or steal $1,000 from you or, or fraud you in some way. He's talking about something that's relatively little here that's being taken. If somebody wants to go to law with you over your outfit, give it to him, Jesus is saying. And give him something else too. We're talking about something that's relatively small. The next thing. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Well, Jesus isn't saying if someone enslaves you, you have to go along with that. But he's saying if someone makes you do something that's unpleasant for you, just but you can do it, just do it. And give more than they're asking of you. So I think from these examples, it's clear, Jesus clarifies what he means when he says, offer no resistance to one who's, who's evil. He, evil here, by evil here, Jesus means the personal slights that I experience in my life. And there are a lot of them. I mean, if we start noticing how many personal slights we experience in our life, we'll see them all the time. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. How do I respond to that? Or my coworker makes a comment. It's a little thing, but man, does it drive me crazy. If, if we think of it, I think our, our lives are actually much more shaped by our response to these little inconveniences that someone presses against me. You know, Father John finishes the lasagna that's in the fridge. I wanted some. But this sort of thing happens all the time. Somebody offends me, insults me, takes something from me, steals my time. How do, how do I respond? I mean, this is... This is, this is something that really affects our life, how we respond, even more so probably than those really big things in, in our life, which are relatively rare. And Jesus isn't saying to offer no resistance to someone who's trying to harm you physically or emotionally or who's trying to take something really big from you that you can't survive without. That's not what we're talking about. So it's hard. This is hard. This is a hard teaching. Someone insults you, let them do it. Let them do it again. Someone takes something relatively small from you, give, let them. Give something else. Someone inconveniences you, forces an inconvenience on you, accept it. Give more than what's asked. So if, if we are a little bit disturbed by this, if we're thinking, that's not fair. I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to live like that. I think that means that we're actually understanding what Jesus is telling us. If we're kind of 
wanting to re- revolt or rebel a little bit on the inside. Jesus, that we, that's, that's unfair of you to ask that of us. I'm sure that's what his disciples felt. Why is it that Jesus can ask something such like this? Well, it's because this is how he lived and lives. And, and Jesus, who's the revelation of our Heavenly Father in space and time, Jesus, everything he does and the ways that he lives and, and what he teaches reveals to us who God himself is. So the reason that God can expect this of us is because this is God. Uh, Jesus says, says as much. He says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may, you may be children of your heavenly Father. In other words, that you may be like your heavenly Father who makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God doesn't love us because we love him back. He just loves so that means he loves the person who loves him back and he, loves, and he loves the person who disregards him completely. God loves his enemies. He loves his friends equally. Makes the sun to shine on the good and the bad. So this is the kind of indifference that God wants us to live with. If this person slights me, so what? Love him still. Be patient with him still. If this person cheats, cheats me in a relatively small way, so what? Let him. God wants us to be like him, to have a heart like him. This week, we're going to begin Lent. And what's the purpose of Lent? It's, it's to prepare us to celebrate the Paschal Mystery during Holy Week and Easter. And what are we going to see during Holy Week? We're going to see Jesus insulted over and over again. He doesn't say anything bad. And see Jesus wrongly accused. He doesn't give him, he doesn't offer defense. We're going to see him slapped, spit upon, mocked, crowned with thorns, an act of mockery, with a purple cloak laid across his shoulders, an act of mock mockery. Jesus doesn't say anything. He's silent throughout the passion. He walks right through it, all the way to the cross when people, his enemies, are nailing him there. And what does he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. So that's the reason why Jesus demands this of us. Because this is him. It's how he lived. It's how God is. Not loving others because they love us back. Loving because because that's who we are. Children of the Heavenly Father who loves. So... um, this is really hard to do. We, have, we can't do it ourselves. It's impossible for us, but it's possible for God because everything's possible for God. Even, God can even change my heart because everything's possible for him. I can't change my own heart, but God can change it. So let's ask the Lord today to change our heart in the, need, in the way that needs to be changed. Maybe we've been carrying around a bitterness or a, a resentment or a grudge something relatively little that God just wants to let us to let us go so we can be happy as he's happy let's ask for that grace today uh, the grace to, to live in freedom to not have to be offended by everything to not 
to be able to let go of insults, um, in small injustices that have been done to us by other people, inconveniences. Let's ask the Lord to, to help, help us to, to suffer those well as he suffers them well because he suffers them well.